Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. I'm Gerald McFadden, President of Volunteers of America Southwest, and I bring you greetings from San Diego, California. I'll be your host for the next hour, and I'm delighted to have joining me today Ms. Karen Dale, Market President, AmeriHealth, District of Columbia, Ms. Tanya Jackson-Smallwood, President and CEO of Family Matters, also located in the District of Columbia, and Ms. Jackie Woods, former Executive Director of the American Association of University Women and a Senior Consultant with Academic Search, Inc., and located in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, welcome, Ms. Dale, Ms. Smallwood, and Ms. Woods. Thank you. Welcome to you, Thank Gerald. you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, before we get started with our topic for today's show, which is the effect of women and people of color in the C-suite, I would like to ask each of you, young ladies, if you would, please tell our listening audience a little bit about yourselves and the organizations that you represent. Jackie, could you start off, please? Sure. I'll be happy to start off. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I've got a, a long story career, probably um, more than the other two guests. I've been a professional in higher ed administration and nonprofit administration for over 45 years now. Don't do any math. But I started out as an academic executive. My first deanship uh, was at 27 years of age, and I worked my way up through the academic ranks of being a dean, a vice president, vice chancellor. And then I also served in the higher education association world for 15 years, serving uh, particular sectors of students that were in need at that time. I then proceeded on to become a presidential appointee in the late 1990s, and from there became the executive director of the American Association of University Women, and served in that position for almost five years until I took an early retirement because of an illness at that time. Also during that time, I served on three types of corporate boards. I also served on nonprofit and academic boards, but I served on two boards that were publicly traded, that were mid-cap boards, and I served on one family-owned board. And so I've got a, quite a variety of experiences, ranging from higher education, uh, public policy and administration, uh, to the corporate boards that I served on. Okay, well, very good. Thank you so very much. Uh, Ms. Dale, would you kind of give our audience a little bit of uh, your background and experience as well, please? Sure. I have 25 years of experience primarily in healthcare and about 10 years of experience uh, on nonprofit boards. And uh, I'm always very pleased to have an opportunity to create change um, and align factors that improve outcomes and success for vulnerable populations. So I do that both as my day job and many times as the role I play on boards. Very good, very good. Uh, Ms. Smallwood, would you share a little bit about yourself and the organization that you represent? 
Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to join you all on this uh, wonderful call today. Um, I am an, an experienced executive, um, and I consider myself to be a thought leader uh, in the both the nonprofit uh, advocacy and health and human services field, and also uh, in corporate America. I have over 30 years of experience uh, in strategic planning, business operations, um, executive development, management, um, leading teams, uh, both corporately and also in the nonprofit community. At Family Matters of Greater Washington, um, I have the privilege of leading um, a wonderful organization that focuses on providing supports and services for babies through uh, serving seniors all across the District of Columbia and this general regional area. Well, thank you so very much. Our, our listening audience and I am truly in for a treat and excited about having each and every one of you here today. I invite each of you in our listening audience to participate in our upcoming exciting conversation by either emailing your questions to us at leadershipmattersquestions at innovision.org or by calling in at one 866 472-5790. Nowhere today are corporations being more challenged to transform their thinking, actions, and inclusion practices associated with women and people of color than in the C-suite of corporate America and in corporate boardrooms. We often hear a lot about the right demographics or profile for the C-suite or corporate boards. Is there such a thing as a business leader prototype that is the right fit for today's C-suite and corporate boards? And I'll ask the, uh, Ms. Dale that you take that question if you would. Absolutely. So I don't know that there's one prototype. Business and the cycle of business is much more rapidly changing than we've ever seen, and there's more of a trend of disruptive change. And so I, I, I think if today there was one prototype, tomorrow there would need to be a different one. So the two characteristics that come to mind that are always so important are adaptability and flexibility. So if today your business does one thing, but there are new, new tools and resources that would improve your customer experience, that will improve your bottom line, that positions you with more of a competitive edge, whatever it is you're doing, then you need leaders that have that agility to execute on bringing those strategies forward as a vision aligning the factors that are important for success, and implementing and measuring the change. Great. Gerald, I'd like to add what what, what are your thoughts on that in terms of whether or not there's a business leader profile that's really the right fit for today's C-suite or corporate boards? You know, I happen to agree with uh, Karen on this issue. Uh, when I think about um, the issues facing us as transformational leaders, one of the most prevalent and certain issues that um, we all confront is that issue of change. There's no, there's no question about it. The pace of change and the type of change 
uh, and as she's already mentioned, the disruptive factors that we face are uh, enormous. So in addition to having um, a leader that possesses the uh, characteristics that she's just described, I think that also you need, you need to be a leader that um, has the ability to be a strong change agent. Uh, someone who can persevere against the winds and the waves because they will certainly come against you. Um, someone who uh, is a strong visionary, uh, carries very strong leadership skills, and knows when to take a stand and when to move on. Uh, because the change that we're faced is, is, is rapid. Um, rapid change. And if you and don't make it, it's not only rapid, but it's a, a continuous process of change uh, in the environments in which we navigate. Uh, Ms. Woods, what, what are your thoughts about that in terms of well, I agree a with my two colleagues. I'd like to add. That's the right fit. I'm sorry, I can't hear. I'd like to agree with my colleagues um, and add to it that I think it's important <clears throat> that the person also be an excellent communicator. Nowadays, you have to show, communicate both being a team player and being a team leader. And no matter how large or small the team is, it's important that you uh, are, are show that you're a change agent and adaptable by being able to communicate very clearly the ideas and principles of what you're doing and also communicate them in a way that people want to join you and get on board. I often have said that, you know, a good leader is someone who turns around and sees that there are other people there as a part of the team wanting to jump on board. Um, and so being a good communicator is another characteristic that I would add that's critical, I think, for uh, the business leader of today. And I want to emphasize that also that the persons need to be geographically mobile. One of the hindrances that I find in talking with many of the young people today is that they sometimes have tunnel vision about being able to move. And the corporate world is a very fluid, very flexible world and requires that you are geographically mobile. And so it's a great chance and a great opportunity to explore things that are unknown to you. And I think the good business leaders of today have de demonstrate that and are not hesitant to show that they are willing to do that. Absolutely. That, that is so, so correct. And as you said, with the geographic dispersion and the regionalization and international nature of business today, it does require us to at least consider those issues of mobility and flexibility. In, in, in your mind's eye, has the presence of women and people of color affected decision-making processes, policies, and actions uh, in the for-profit or not-for-profit C-suite and in corporate boards? Well, the, the presence of women and people of color have made the communities address issues that sometimes they haven't put on the front of their agendas or put at the front of their agendas. And so the communities that they're in most definitely have had to address how to um, promote women and, and persons of color, what policies or actions or, or actions that they have, activities that they have that are not necessarily, that are challenges to this. And they also have to then extend themselves into new communities. And so it is required for-profit and not-for-profit boards to seek out newer communities to partner with, to, to develop new networks with. And in the corporate world, many of the shareholders are some of the wizened people in the world, and they will say to the corporate directors, what are you doing about increasing 
inclusion and diversity on your board, and, and how are you going about doing so? So clearly the presence of has impacted in a very positive way from the external world around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Jackson, what, what are your thoughts about that? So I, I tend to agree. My um, specific thoughts is that, yes, um, there has been some effect with respect to the uh, presence of women and people of color affecting decision-making processes, uh, both in not-for-profits and in for-profit organizations. Um, but that, that effect and that change has been slow, in my opinion, uh, because the number of women and the number of people of color that have been brought into the C-suite hasn't been nearly as large as what you might think it would be. We've we've been on this journey for um, a few decades now, uh, and it's still startling um, to think about that in some organizations, uh, the number of individuals that are actually in the C-suite that are women and are are people of color is still a single digit. Right. but but even even though it's a single digit, okay, I think that it's a good thing that there is some representation because it gives hope to other people who are looking from the outside in. And it, it, I think it goes a long way in encouraging them that they do have talents and skills to offer and that uh, perhaps one day with the right supports, they can get there too. Excellent, excellent. Now, interestingly, you speak on that about a single-digit number. I was recently reading an article, and it said, uh, so not even 1% of Fortune 500 companies will have um, uh, persons of color or black CEOs. And so I I think that issue of really uh, the journey has been traveled, but still there being a lot more that needs to be done is, is alive and well at the present time. Um, uh, Ms. Dale, what, what are your thoughts about this issue? Well, let uh, me ask a question. If, if I can ask you, Ms. Dale, to hold on to your response um, sure. for just a moment. We're going to need to take a short break. Uh, and when I return with Ms. Karen Dale, Ms. Tanya Smallwood, and Ms. Jacqueline Woods, we'll be talking a little bit more about this issue of presence in the C-suite and on boards, but also we'll be getting into the issue of getting how do you get to the C-suite? What are some of the steps that we need to look at for that journey? So. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858 858- 
858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Okay, I, we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego, California. My special guests today are Ms. Karen Dale, Market President, AmeriHealth, District of Columbia, Ms. Tanya Smallwood, President and CEO of Family Matters, and Ms. Jacqueline Woods, former Executive Director of the American Association of University Women and a senior consultant for Academic Search, Inc. Ladies, before the break, one of the questions that we were just uh, following up on was the perspective of whether uh, the presence of women and people of color have affected decision-making processes, policy, and actions in the C-suite and in corporate boards. And, um, Ms. Dale, I'm going to ask you if you have some additional points of view to, to add to that, that question. Yeah, just one quick thought, which is there is growing research here in the U.S. and abroad that shows that having a more diverse board, particularly having women on boards, you know, in terms of that balanced gender representation has a positive impact to a company's bottom line. So it's, it's really a solid business decision um, for an organization to include that level of diversity in their strategies. Excellent, excellent. You know, and that takes me to uh, a recent article that I had the opportunity to, to read, and it said research conducted by Allison Cook and Christy Glass of Utah State University indicated that over a 15-year period, 551 CEO appointments within 
Fortune 500 companies were given to white males, while 57 were given to women and persons of color. Ladies, I'd like to ask you, is the door to the C-suite locked for women and people of color? And I would like to ask uh, Ms. Smallwood if you would uh, respond to that question first, please. So, first of all, I think this is a great question. Um, when I when I think about this question, is the door locked? Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind is I, I, I happen to think about a locked door and the fact that when a door is locked, it means that nobody can get in and you can't get out either. When I think about the C-suite, um, from my own experience, I know that many, many years ago, it was locked to us. Um, it was locked... Um, I experienced that myself. Um, it was a locked door. Today I would say that the door is not locked, um, but I think it's still in uh, somewhat of a closed position. Uh, I'd probably say that the door is, is largely closed. Maybe it's cracked just a little bit, which basically <laughs> means you can get through the door, uh, and, and the door it doesn't lock everyone out, but everyone can't get through the door. And there are certain uh, things that have to happen in, in order for you to be able to go through that door if you're a woman and if you're a person of color. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Ms. Woods, what are your thoughts about that? Is the, is the door locked? I would agree with Ms. Smallwood. It's not locked, but I think it's still only ajar. I kind of re- relate the C-suite I say it's often akin to the political scene in this country that people who consider themselves next in line feel that they should be uh, put forward. Uh, familiar ties always, you know, co-opt somebody else, and then people who they're comfortable with. And so I always say to women and people of color who are trying to get into the C-suite or on these corporate boards that because it's only a jar, you've got to do some additional kinds of things in order to be seen and noticed and felt in the C-suite or for the boards. Your networks have to be broadened. You can't just network in a very small private group. You've got to broaden your networks and and really interact with people who even sometimes you may not be totally comfortable with to let them know about your vision, to let them know about your goals and, and the things that you're looking forward to, and to let them know that you're a big picture player, that you're not just a closed person. And then the second piece of it, in addition to networking, is to seek out non-traditional routes and to also position yourself as a non-traditional player. You can't always play by the rules and think that you're going to work your way up to the suite because you started out at the lower rung and you worked up every rung as you were told. Sometimes you've got to let the people at the top know that this is one of your goals and ambitions. Um, You can't be arrogant about it or mean, but you still have to let them know that I want to do this. And sometimes one way to doing so is to volunteer to serve on boards and committees that show your talents where you can demonstrate what you are capable of doing. And so seeking out those non-traditional access routes is often a way to gain access to it. But it's still not a wide open door. It's still very much ajar. And there's still pecking orders that are sometimes followed before women and people of color are considered as part of the, um, as a part of the consideration there. Uh, you know, I often tell young people when I'm talking with them that you have to always be focused on presenting yourself and making yourself appear bigger than you are. 
in yep. order to get certain access opportunities in, in, in order to move forward because people don't always look at you for uh, what you're capable of doing, but that's your job to, to make that happen. Uh, Ms. Dale, what, 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 are your, what are your thoughts about that? I, yeah, I agree that the door is ajar, and I want to highlight a reason that hasn't been mentioned so far, which is on so many of the corporate boards, there is a lack of term limits. And so when leadership uh. is the same, right, you've, you've mm-hmm. got <laughs> – that is part of what's keeping the door so, you know, with just that crack is that it's the same people making the decisions, sitting on the – uh, governance committees to you know and the nominating committees and so what you get is just more of the same and mm-hmm. you know part of what we need to really do is to uncover that and and make that known and push for change so that the door can be more open because if there even if there is a great initiative or a group of people calling for this diversity if there are no open seats on the board or the decisions in terms of succession planning have pretty much already been made by that very um, similar-looking board, that's going to always make it more of a challenge. Excellent, excellent point, excellent point. Uh, looking forward, uh, the next two or three years, what do you see as the, the biggest changes, challenges, and opportunities confronting uh, and available to women and people of color rel- relative to gaining access to corporate C-suites and getting on these corporate boards. And I want to say to a degree, corporate boards are being considered both those that are paying and non-paying corporate boards. So what, what do you see as the, the biggest changes, challenges, and opportunities? And I'd like to start off with, uh, with you, if I would, uh, Ms. Dale, to, to kind of accentuate that question. Yeah, where I see the opportunities is that because there's a stronger and stronger business case, this is more of a conversation occurring at the board level. The challenge is that conversation needs to become a plan that is actually funded, supported, executed, and measured. So we've got to get beyond the talking stage. You know, in Europe, you know, they've set goals and the entire country, you know, all these countries are actually moving towards executing on those goals. They publicize it. They talk about it. You know what I mean? Here, we have to get beyond the talking phase and and actually say that we're going to get there. I think um, there's an organization that they put out the goal that by 2020, we would have 20% of women serving on boards. You know, it's things like that that are actually stating very clearly in a measurable way what we aim to achieve, and and then you push and align uh, companies and boards around those goals. Uh-huh. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Ms. Woods, what are your thoughts about that? And, uh, uh, Karen, uh, Karen is absolutely right. Um, in addition to what she stated, I think that, there are a number of search firms and consulting firms that these corporate entities work with, and some of our first-line um, 
uh, opportunities and, and open doors is to talk to those individuals, to f- talk to search firms, talk to consulting firms that work with the businesses and companies that you're interested in and indicate, I'm interested in joining that board. How do I go about doing it? Uh, you've got to have that presence and you've got to ask the right kinds of questions. People are not just going to come and pluck you up because you happen to be a bright uh, individual. You've got to let your presence be known. The second thing is, those of us, you've got to do a little homework to find out what boards you might fit. You can't just say, I want to be on a corporate board, any corporate board. Uh, you have skill sets. You have um, curricular interests. You have very specific designated interests. For instance, my two colleagues, I think, are both in, in health-related careers, and I'm in academia. We bring different skill sets to the corporate boards, and you've got to be able to articulate and to talk about what your skill set offers that particular board. And so as you're having just even informal conversations with people, they understand that you understand what you bring, and they understand that you know your best skill sets. Many of the search firms and consulting firms now are making lists, believe it or not, of women and people of color to present to these boards when they come up. And so if you have an opportunity to talk to anyone and say, I'd like to be on whatever list you're creating, that's also another way of doing so. So again, it's just putting yourself forward. It's networking with both traditional and non-traditional um, um, ways of getting on these activities. And it's talking to as many different people as you can about what your goals are and doing some homework to put yourself forward in the right way. You know, that, that's an excellent, excellent uh, point and a segue actually to the fact that, you know, when we um, see and, and, and understand that there are mid-level, mid-level executives that are aspiring to gain access to uh, the corporate C-suite or corporate boards, uh, what, what additional advice would, would you offer, Miss um, Walwood, to these individuals that really are aspiring to move in that direction? So, first of all, I would say that uh, many of the challenges and opportunities that um, present themselves today and will present themselves in the near future are really like a two-sided coin. So, on one hand, the demands of being able to manage in a constant state of disruptive factors might easily present opportunities for women and people of color who view change very differently as a result of their background, their culture, how they were raised, and what some of their prior experiences are, and be an opportunity for them. So let's say you're your mid-level manager, okay? To the extent that you can engage in associations that help to give you access to other individuals uh, who are influential, who can connect you, uh, I think being connected is one of the key things I would suggest to someone. Um, also, I would suggest to them to build strategic relationships. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice that I have received um, while in the C-suite has been, to the extent possible, make and establish a new relationship every day because you never know where that relationship might take you. And don't just network at the local level. Network across the globe because we're moving into this global arena and the world is much smaller than we think it is uh, and there are opportunities that can come from almost anywhere. Wow, very, very powerful comments and very uh, on-target comments. We're going to need to uh, take a, a brief break. 
when we return, my special guests, Ms. Karen Dale, Ms. Tanya Smallwood, and Ms. Jacqueline Woods, will be talking with us a little bit more about not only getting to the C-suite, but how do you stay in the C-suite and on corporate boards. So please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. I'm Joel McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego, California. For those of you who may have just joined us, our special guests today are Ms. Karen Dale, Market President with AmeriHealth, District of Columbia, Ms. Tanya Smallwood, President and CEO of Family Matters, and Ms. Jacqueline Wood, former Executive Director of the American Association of University Women and a consultant for Academic Search, Inc. Uh, Prior to the break, we were talking about getting to the C-suite. And one of the things we, we talked about is how do we create opportunities for people to know about us. And I think that, Ms. Woods, you were uh, going to share possibly some resources that individuals might consider as they're preparing their journey to the C-suite or for corporate board. Would you like to expound on that? 
Sure. It's really hard to give you definitive books or things that you can study. But a couple of resources that are critically important, now that you have technology as your friend, you can definitely Google so many of so much of the information that's necessary. But for those of you who are interested in looking at for-profit and not-for-profit boards, BoardSource um, is an excellent tool to use. They list articles and topics that are important to the for-profit world and the not-for-profit world that are of interest today, that are current. And so if you can get access to the BoardSource newsletter, um, that is one that would be critically important. And for those of you that are interested in learning a little bit more about corporate boards, there is a newsletter online called Corporate Board Member. It's a newsletter of the New York Stock Exchange, and it lists um, conferences and meetings that occur throughout the year that look at corporate board exchanges, look at, looks at some of the topics that are important to corporate boards nowadays. And even if you are not a current member of a board, you can look at the topics that are important to the boards and, again, see how your skill sets fit those topics. So sometimes accessing some of these tools, so not so much as having you read them, but looking at the titles and the topics that are important to the decision makers of the day. Very excellent, excellent resource uh, there for our listening audience. For m- many women and people of color, it will be their first experience being in the C-suite or on a corporate board. And given uh, what we don't know sometimes can often hurt us in uh, our, our new ventures, what advice would you offer to a person in the C-suite position for the first time or the corporate board, on a corporate board for the first time that could help them be successful in this new role? Uh, Ms. Dale, will you start us off with a thought or two on that? Uh, the first thing I would say is do your homework. Uh, there is a lot of information that you need to digest, and so doing that self-study where you try to gather as much information not only about that organization but like organizations. Do your homework and understand who the people are that are on that board and and kind of what they bring because you want to create your own space um, on the board and, and understanding who else is on the board and what they bring can help you to refine the value added that, that you you can add. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also say, mm-hmm. you know, Excellent. that it's so Excellent. important. Ms. Um, Smallwood, what, what, what are your thoughts in, in that area? So I'd like to focus my, my remarks on um, what it takes to, to, to get to and to stay in the C-suite as opposed to the corporate board because I, I think it's a little different. Um, and what I would say um, with what, what a person should expect given their first experience um, if I can just be real for a moment, um, please, please I would so. say um, just because you've gotten there doesn't mean that you've arrived. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh-huh. real important um, mm-hmm. because so often we forget what it took to get there. And as a result of that, you think that uh, you, have an over-infl- you can have an overinflated view <laughs> of things uh, and lose your perspective. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's one thing I would say. Secondly, I would say expect to be undermined. 
Uh-huh. Expect to be sabotaged. Now, I know we want to hear, like, all of the cute, the great things, expect the good things, but the reality is that um, everybody is not your friend and everybody doesn't want you there. And you represent change, big change, key change. Mm-hmm. And what people want more than anything else is to maintain the status quo. Uh. So uh, along with, you know, the comment that Karen Dale made, you know, about doing your homework, I would say part of that homework is whatever environment you, you go into, take a lot of time to listen, take a lot of time to watch and pay attention, and to learn. Uh, that's part of the homework process because it's real important that you understand what you're stepping into so that you can plan in advance for those situations that you are most likely to encounter. Uh, excellent, excellent input, excellent. Uh, Ms. Woods, uh, do you have uh, some thoughts that you'd like to share with the listening audience on, on this topic? Well, I'd like to underscore what both of my colleagues said, that those are two of the most important things, but that you cannot expect fairness to rule. It is still very much an old boys network, and so getting around and through that requires some skill, some additional skill. And so just because you've been invited to the table the first time, I have to underscore what Tanya just said, doesn't mean you've arrived. You still have to be on your game. And one of the things that is critically important is I say to people to be present. And what I mean by being present is that they're both informal and formal opportunities to interact with the people in organizations and entities, and sometimes we tend not to to go to those things. I don't go to cocktail parties, people will say, or I don't, when they're in in national conferences and meetings, I don't want to go to that session. That's not a topic that interests me. If you're trying to be seen as someone who is a mover and a shaker, if you're trying to be seen as someone who has something to offer and who can be a leader, you've got to be present. You've got Mm -hmm. to be seen and you've got to reach and have those kinds of hard conversations and talk about those things that you're not totally comfortable with. Um, And you also have to have a sense of humor. I think another part of the being real part is you can't just get mad about some of these things. Sometimes you've got to sit back, take a deep breath, know that it's coming, just kind of smile and laugh about it and say, okay, how do I approach this in a new and different way? You have to be serious about your activities, but don't take yourself so seriously. Deliberate in your thoughts. Uh, as well as in your actions um, to be able to maintain your positioning while they're in the C-suite or on corporate boards. Let me ask a question because I think in some ways it was, it was referenced or referred to. You know, are there different expectations or responsibilities that is associated with women and persons of color once they have arrived in the C-suite or on a corporate board? <laughs> And with, with that, I would like to ask um, Ms. Dale if, if you would speak to that issue maybe first, and, and then uh, Ms. Ms. Uh, Wood, and then Ms. Smallwood. My answer would be yes, uh, that there definitely are different expectations once you've been invited to the table, and the extent to which you experience that is often dependent on how diverse the board is already and what the experiences each board member brings to the table or each person in that C-suite brings to the table. And again, it's a matter of assessing and understanding and observing and 
being very um, deliberate with how you approach becoming a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very deliberate in how you become a, a part of that team. That is just great, great information. You know, one of the things that uh, I had the opportunity to talk with a couple of you about is that often when you go into these roles for the first time, there is information that you don't know that you don't do sufficient research on. Um, Jackie, could you speak a little bit about maybe some of your experience on corporate boards where you told me you didn't have the playbook? There are two playbooks. There's the the one that's given you in public when you do your public homework about the organization and its culture. And then there's the underground playbook, if you will. And you're not going to have necessarily access to it, but one way that you can find out about that is to befriend someone on that board who looks like they'll be willing to partner with you and share with you some of the information. And one of the experiences that I shared informally with Gerald is that you know, you're welcome to the board and given the opportunity to join various committees and ask if you're interested in certain committees, but not told that there is a pay differential based upon the committee that you join and whether or not you volunteer to chair a committee or something. And those are the kinds of little nuanced things that aren't necessarily told, told you up front. And so you walk in with your chest all pumped out and said, well, you know, I've arrived, I'm on this board, and I'm getting X amount, but as you learn more and more about the organization, or if you're fortunate enough to learn more and more, you learn that there are other things you need to be present for and that you need to volunteer for and that you need to ask questions about. Are there pay differentials? Are there things that I can volunteer for? Are there term limits for these committees, and can I turn join other committees as I move into this situation. So doing your homework and staying on your toes and finding out who the major players are in the organization and what the major um, positions are is critically important. And it's something you have to do on a regular basis, an ongoing basis, because the playbook will change. As you learn the playbook, it will change. (laughs) Very good. Well, we're going to need to take a, a very short break. And when we return, our guests will be talking with us a little bit more about this issue of really um, staying in the the C-suite. But we're going to also explore uh, how do we prepare the next generation for access to the C-suite. Please stay tuned. I'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, and Inspiring Solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. With co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. I'm Gerald McFadden, your host, and I bring you greetings from Volunteers of America Southwest in San Diego, California. For those of you who may have just joined us, uh, uh, our special guests today are Ms. Karen Dale, uh, Market President with AmeriHealth, District of Columbia, Ms. Tanya Smallwood, President and CEO of Family Matters, and Ms. Jacqueline Woods, former Executive Director of the American Association of University Women and a senior consultant with American Academic Search, Inc. Ladies, before we uh, uh, ended the break, we were really talking about uh, some of the things that are necessary to be able to uh, stay and be productive while in the C-suite and on boards. And I know one of the points that uh, several of you shared with me uh, that was important was this issue of, of having mentors. Uh, can, can you guys speak to this a little bit, if you would? And I, I'll ask um, Ms. Smallwood if she would start off talking a little bit about the importance of mentors identifying those right individuals while on your path. So I would say that you cannot overemphasize the importance of having mentors in your life, and particularly at various stages of your um, professional life. Um, I was actually very fortunate uh, to have had just a few mentors. Uh, Most of them were male, and they not only took me under their wing, but they, at points in time, taught me the things that I needed to understand about how things really worked. It was through my mentors that I really learned this whole um, issue about the power that I carried because I was just doing my job and thinking I was doing a great job, but not even realizing how much power I was wielding in the organization. So a mentor will bring things to light for you that you might not otherwise get in a formal uh, classroom setting, by reading books. Um, So it's really important to do that. Uh, I would say to anyone who is seeking a mentor, seek out someone who has either been where you're trying to go or is already there because they'll be in a position to help you the most. 
Fantastic. Ms. Dale, what, what are your thoughts on that issue of, of uh, uh, identifying and engaging a mentor? I would say two things. One is, as human beings, we have blind spots. Depending on our journey, there are things that our experience exposes for us and things that our experience can also limit. So a wonderful role that a mentor plays is they often can see that thing that we don't see and help to help us create a path to address it. Um, the second thing is, it, and I thought um, Ms. Smallwood talked about this very frankly, which is how exhausting it can be after you've arrived either at the C-suite or at the board table to stay there and having someone with whom you can very candidly share the struggle, they can just hear you out, they have no separate agenda, but to really be very supportive of you is very important to kind of just being able to keep yourself clear and sane uh, through the experience. You know, um, I know we're running a, a little short on time, but a, a topic I want to, to engage in, and Miss um, Woods, I'm going to ask you to take the lead on this because in a previous conversation you were you were very uh, focused on this issue, and this is an issue regarding taking self-care responsibility. Uh, and so what I'd like to ask you is that, you know, what is uh, the importance of, uh, for, from a physical health and well-being uh, point of view, of a good self-care program? And what does that look like? And just why is it so important to have a good self-care game plan? Well, work-life balance is a big issue for most executives and many people in the workforce in this country in particular. And so often for those who are women and people of color who feel that they have to achieve more, who feel that they have to be present more often, it becomes a worse issue because they don't have good balance. And if you don't define for yourself the importance of taking care of yourself mentally and physically as well as emotionally and balancing that with what you do for work, no one's going to do it for you. You, and I agree with both of my colleagues that having a mentor, someone who can pull you back and bring that to your attention is important, but you need to define it in your space, both in the corporate workspace and in the C-suite, because you need to define that there are times when you do need to take a break and that vacations are important for renewal and for, and, and for getting your energy back, that your family and attention to them is an important part of your life. So there are other things besides work, and that balance helps you bring to the workforce a better understanding of all of the things that your colleagues and other people in, and, 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 and your subordinates bring to the workforce. So defining for yourself some parameters of what's important is critically important, that I can't always that if you come to work at 6 in the morning and stay till 8 and 9 at night, the other people, one, will model that thinking that they have to do it and it's not healthy for anyone in the organization, and that secondly, that you don't have a life other than that workspace and that you need to define a little bit. There are times when all of us have to work overtime and have to work longer hours, but we have to give ourselves those breaks. And just when you think you can't take a break, that's when you should take a break. 
And so <laughs> I can't enough that it's I important to I often say to, to some of my colleagues and, and <laughs> students that I work with is that organizations are, are very greedy entities, and it is their basic net nature. They always mm-hmm. want more and demand more. Absolutely. And so if, it's not, if you don't take responsibility for really your self-care, believe me, organizations don't necessarily do that uh, on your behalf. They just want and expect more. There's always a meeting, and there's always an issue that must be attended to in organizational life. One of the things that I really would like for us to really spend a few moments on, if you would, is, you know, really it is, you know, the next generation of, 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 of leaders that are coming through, the next generation of women and, and people of color uh, that are going to the C-suite uh, and going on to corporate boards, what key points or tips would you offer that could assist them in helping to be successful as they pursue their, their dream, their journey, their path to the C-suite or the corporate uh, boardroom? Uh, would you start off with that, please? Um, uh, Ms. Dale. I would say that it's important to start earlier. Um, a huge part of some of the things we've talked about, creating the network of influencers that can help guide you and that can get you invited on the right boards and, and help you towards your goals for certain positions is that you have to have a plan. And if you don't even know that this possibility exists and that you should be planning and creating your brand and getting this visibility, sometimes at the point where you've seen where you want to go, not that you can't build a path to get there, but it takes time. You know, it takes time. And so my key piece of feedback would be that we who've actually lived the experience should be reaching out to that generation that will be replacing us and helping them to be exposed and helping them to understand so that they can be planning much earlier how they will get there. Fantastic. Well, ladies, this has been an absolutely phenomenal discussion, and I I really could go on and we could take this conversation well into another hour, but I'm actually uh, beginning to to get to the close of our show. And so I want to thank you, Ms. Dale, Ms. Smallwood, and Ms. Woods for being my guest today, and thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. And until next time, this is Gerald McFadden of Volunteers of America Southwest. And remember, great leadership really does matter. Again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you as a listening audience next Wednesday. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Leadership Matters.